as we begin to go into prayer. Amen. We want to pray for those that are sick and shut in. And we want to send a special prayer out to Miss Diane Palmetry for her brother. Amen. On this morning, we thank God that he is a healing and delivering God in his own time, at his own time, when he's ready, whether he see fits or not. And sometimes the thing that happens in our lives, even even to us or our <laughs> loved ones, and whatever that that goes that we dislike may not be our doing. And it's not that God don't have grace and mercy upon us, but he knows the beginnings and the end. So we want to pray that anyone that's, that's hurt, that's wounded, that's lost a loved one, that is sick, that is going through some uh, a disease or any illness, anything that's affecting their bodies, anything that's affecting their minds, we want to pray for you. We, we're not just talking about praying. We're talking about sincere prayer that we're praying for you because the Bible lets us know that if you have someone sick that you would call upon the elder and let him pray, let them pray for them and they were sick for them that they shall recover. And we believe by faith that every measure of faith and that um, every righteous individual that prayers availeth much. And righteous only means to be in right standing and obedient to God's word. So let us go to the throne of grace right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning. First of all, you touched us again with your finger of love. You allowed us to be here. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Father, those of us that are listening right now, that's a blessing. Whether they realize it or not, it's a blessing to be able to arise out of our beds, to have the breath that's breathing in these bodies, that's causing the heart to pump the blood through our veins that allows us to have the activity of our limbs. We thank you right now. And Father, I want to say we thank you even on the behalf of those that, that don't acknowledge you, that don't recognize you for who you are, for who you have been and who you are going to be. Even those that are in disbelief, even those that don't trust you, even those that may be angry with you, may be disappointed because they think that everything that you do is supposed to be the way they see fit. But it's not always that way. Everything is not where we always want it to be. So Lord, we just thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for your long suffering. We thank you how you put up with us. And we thank you right now. Father, touch the ones that are sick. Touch the one that may be in the doctors in the emergency room right now. Touch the one that may be stricken with major disease, cancer, and all the other ailments and illnesses. They may have a dysfunction of their kidneys, Father. They may have a mental illness, Father. They may have sugar diabetes. They may have high blood pressure, Father. They may be dealing with anxiety, Father. Maybe dealing with a lot of things, Father, but you still have the power right now. Father, we thank you right now. Help those that are listening right now that they must acknowledge that they must repent. Father, when they call upon your name to ask for forgiveness of sin and then ask for the healing and deliverance that you would grant in their lives. We're asking on their behalf if they can't ask for themselves. And we know that at some point they are going to have to do that themselves, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this day, another beautiful day that you have made. Father, touch all over the world, wherever my voice that you speak through me, that they hear your voice right now that are hearing these messages. Father, that they would hear the word and hear your voice 
crying out to them, calling to them to repent, to submit themselves, to come to you as little children, Father. Humble themselves that you might be able to bless their hearts and bless their minds. Father, thank you right now. Thank you for everything, everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you're going to do. Touch in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that all power is given unto you in heaven and in earth. Healing and deliverance come in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. We give you glory. Father, touch our young people, our young men, our young women. Father, that don't have a foundation of trusting and believing in you and adhering to you and adhering to your word, Father, that are gone astray and maybe have lost their way, Father, and maybe are wrapped up in themselves, Father, with lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Father, touch right now. The adversary is having his way with the illusions, Father. Father, and, and all the things that he do and all the deception, Father, and the influence that he have over them with the utilization, Father, of the pleasures of this world. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this opportunity. We glory. We glory in your name, Father. In your name, Jesus. All power is given unto you in heaven and in earth, Father. We thank you that no one can come unto the Father except they come through by you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for another opportunity. Search our hearts, Father. Search our, our ways that we may know that we humble ourselves before you, that you would touch, that you would send healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Amen and amen. We praise you. We thank you. We glorify you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for this day. A wonderful day, Lord. We love you. We love you for the things that you've done. We love you for the things that you're doing. We love you for what you're going to do, Father. Father, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of disruption, even in the midst of deception, Father, help us, Father, to understand we got to give ourselves to you, Father. We have to humble ourselves unto you, Jesus, giving you the opportunity to work a miracle in our lives. We know that you have all the time in the world to do what you desire, but you've given us the free will choice to choose ye this day, this day who we shall serve, who we shall believe, who we shall depend on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody longing to be, Father, longing to be, to, to develop a relationship with you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we will bring ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you, God. Father, that we may not be conformed to this world, that we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let your word go forth today, Father. Touched by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Ghost have his way right now. Over these highways, Father, let your spirit go into every place, every home, every car, wherever they may be listening, every town, every city, every country. Father, in the name of Jesus, let it be filled with your spirit. Let the convincing and the convicting of your word have its way right now. Touch the lives of people in a way like never before. Let them know that it's your power. That is your power. That's working on them right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Father, thank you. Thank you right now, Jesus. Well, Lord, we need to give ourselves to you right now. Yes, yes. We need to give ourselves to you right now, Jesus. So you can have it, have your way in our lives. Come on, Jesus. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now. Oh, yes. Lord, we love you. We love you. We thank you. We thank you right now for this opportunity, this chance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We give ourselves. I give myself to you right now to be used by you, by your Holy Spirit, that it will speak through me, that they hear your voice through my voice in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now. Somebody realize they need you. Somebody realize they can't do without you. Somebody realize there's nothing happening without you, Jesus. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. My life doesn't belong to me. I belong to you anyhow. Everything I have, you've given to me. Father, we thank you right now. So it's time that we give ourselves back to him. Give ourselves back to him. Realize that we're not ownership of ourselves. We're not ownership of ourselves. We don't even have the power to be able to wake ourselves, to put ourselves to sleep. We don't have the power to heal ourselves. It comes from you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. Thank you right now. Touch Jesus. Touch all the listeners that have tuned in right now, Father, right now. They tune in to hear a word from you, to hear a message from you, your directions from you, instructions from you in the name of Jesus. Help them to know, to acknowledge with their mouth, speak it out that their lives are not their own. But they have to give themselves to you, Jesus. We thank you right now, Jesus. We thank you right now, Jesus. Thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see, we have to come to the throne of grace to give ourselves to him in order to receive from him. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you right now forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We thank God for you this morning. Amen. Good morning again to you all. Praise the Lord to everyone. We thank God for another chance and opportunity.
This is your elder David G. Guerin. We're here to speak a word with you for you and into your life today in your hearing. Amen. In your Bibles today, I want to bring your attention to Romans chapter 10. Amen. Chapter 10. Amen. Chapter 10. Hallelujah. God is so good. He's worthy to be praised. Chapter 10, verse 17. It is amazing how God can confirm his word through things and everything. Amen. That he's looking for. I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about before I even read the verse of scripture. He's looking for hearers and doers. That is what he's looking for. Hearers and doers. Today in Romans 10, verse 17. Amen. Verse 17, and it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. That's the message today. Faith, the things I want you to focus on. Faith, that very measure of faith that he has given you. And I share that verse of scripture in, in Romans 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Romans 12, beginning at verse 3, he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. We have already quoted and read verse Romans 10 and 17, and I'll read it again. I'm reading again because I want it to lock into your mind. It's been quoted many, many times before, spoken on, preached on, all of that. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Today, we want you to know there's no other way that your faith can be increased. There's no other way that you can gain confidence. There's no other way that you can strengthen your encouragement. There's no other way that you can be courageous throughout anything that you face. Whatever you're dealing with right now, whether it be hurt, pain, sickness, illness, whether it may be the loss of a loved one, you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to have faith. It's the substance of things full, hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. Substance of the things that is hoped for and the evidence of things that is not seen. Faith is invisible. It's not a visible thing. It's an invisible thing. And if you don't understand that because it's the hope. Notice it's the hope of believing and trusting 
in God's word and what he says. You're going to have to just trust him for what he said. I'll even share it again with you. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. See that confidence? For and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients, the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was, was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What we see, what we visualize right now that is in our very presence of existence wasn't formed by the very visible thing itself, but it was formed by God's word. To recap again in St. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I always like to give people the pure scripture of the word of God for the very reason of verse 1 here in St. John. And St. John lets us know, you may know it by heart, you may can quote it, but there's something magnificent about seeing and hearing God's word. You look at it and you hear it and it locks into your mind. And John said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You see, everything started with the Word. Everything ends with the Word. Everything is rebuilt by the Word. Everything is encouraged by the Word. Everything is strengthened by the Word. Everything is structured by the Word. We're not talking about just any old Word. We're talking about God's word. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Notice what it said. Not only it was with God, but the word was God. Or the word is God. Hallelujah. He was in the beginning with God. I mean, the word was with him from the beginning and always to the end. This is why God said to all of those prophets that he's spoken to, those special ones like Moses, that he is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the Alpha and Omega. There is no other. He is the only one who can create. He is the only one who can change. He is the only one who can heal. He is the only one who can deliver. He is the only one by the measure of your creation and the faith that he has put inside of you that would allow you to become a believer and trusting in him if you just take some action in doing so. Just taking action in doing so. Our message to you is being hearers and doers. Hearers and doers. Hear us. So he says again in, in 10, but I say in 18, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. He said, their sound has gone out uh, to all the earth and their words 
to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, he said, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and he says this, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. They are speaking on God and about God and on God's behalf. For the Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. This is where we are again today. The Lord has his hand stretched out to a what? Disobedient and contrary people right now. There are so many people that shows up at church. And I know you say, oh, Pastor, oh, we're hitting that right there because this is, this is the place where we're supposed to go and get our direction and, and instruction and continue to strengthen our faith and hearing God's word. My message is simple and plain that it's not enough for you to walk and live this life. If you never pick up the Bible, if you never hear it preached or taught, you will not strengthen your faith. You will not strengthen your confidence in believing or trusting God. This is why today we have so many people now that say that they are what they call unbelievers or disbelievers or don't trust the Lord or angry at God or confused about what the Bible is saying. The Bible isn't confusing. His word is plain if the man that is utilizing that handling God's word skillfully, which means directly the way he put it and said what God means for it to be said and teaching for what it meant to be taught, we will understand we will have a changed people. Hallelujah. But again, faith comes by hearing. Hearing, hearing. You will never strengthen or build your faith if you never hear God's word. And through all of the deception and all of the blindness and the influences of the adversary, if you fill your mind with all the negative things, then the thing that you need to be, your mind need to be filled with, will not gather up to strengthen your confidence in God and to believe him in all the things that you face in your life. It's just not enough. I just want to iterate, it's not enough just to attend church. But it's the perfect thing to do is to attend church. But we have to have ears to hear. We have to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We have to be listeners. We have to be listeners, and when we become listeners, then we have to be doers of the word. We have to be participants in acting on God's word. The way he wants us to hear it, the way he wants us to acknowledge it, and the way he wants us to abide by it. The problem today is people want to do their own thing. And the government and everything else that is mentioning and setting up rules and regulations and laws are going against Bible directions nowadays. Bible instructions nowadays. 
Bible disciplined nowadays, Bible understanding nowadays. No one, no one, everybody has an opinion nowadays. I'm not operating on the opinion. I'm talking about strictly the word of God and scripture here. Not an opinion, not my thought, not the way I see it, but according to what God's word is saying. Well, as we step over into the book of James, chapter 1, chapter 1, and beginning at verse 19. And here in verse 19 of James, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow in wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Wrath, violence, vengeance, hatred, bitterness, retaliation does not produce, huh? Does not produce the righteousness of God. Just because you can smart off or get mad at or retaliate to someone that may treat you wrong or go off and take their life doesn't put you in a better place, doesn't put you in a better position. It puts you in a worse predicament or position. Yes, it does. And this is where we have a problem at. No one's nowadays is looking to listen to hear God's voice. All we want to do is just go to the house of worship and praise and just say we went there. But how many people, I asked this many, many times, going to continue asking, how many people are sincere in entering into the house of God with thanksgiving and praise and looking for some change through by God's word? How many? Are we attending the house of God just to say it's just a number, 500, 300, 1,000, 10,000? What is it to speak to 10,000 of people in their lives not change? What is it to speak to 5,000 people on a regular basis and they still perform in a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? What is it that it's not having an effect of where you start to see some change in the community, some change in the home, some change on the job, some change in every area of the work? place by godly principles. We don't see that because people say they believe, but their mouths are filled with swelling words, but their hearts are far from what God is asking and desiring of them. Yes, this is not judgment. This is fact. This is Bible. Amen. Jesus spoke of it himself. So here James addresses, so then my beloved brethren, he lets them know, let every man be swift to hear, ready to hear, interested in listening to the word of God, the voice of God, and slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Taking someone's life, being hateful, being mean, being unforgiving, being distrustful, being deceived, being lost, being confused, being an abuser, being all of those negative things that not allow you to think you that you are somebody. 
The key to this life is that we need Jesus and we need him right now. And the only way that we're going to be able to receive him, we're going to have to give up these old ways of this old natural flesh. You see, the natural flesh is consumed by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. There are its desires huh? and the pride of life. The pride of life where people are so arrogant and cocky where you can't speak truth to them because they feel like they already have the answer. How can you have the answer when you're walking backwards, when you're going blind, you're falling in ditches and you can't get up and you can't move forward in the right direction and there's so much hate and bitter and killing going on and that we believe in and having faith in God but yet the evidence that we're looking at is not so. It's not so. Not so. Watch what he says in verse 21. He said, therefore, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Don't you understand? God created us and he built us and he made us for his glory. For he to get the praise, for him to get the praise and the glory. But yet man, because of its arrogance and because of the sinful nature that it has, he follows after the nature instead of following after the spirit. And we're talking about the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus. Can't you understand the Bible story of Jesus dying and rising again is a story of allowing humanity a chance to live eternal. And for some reason and some way, somehow, we just don't get it. We think as long as we enjoy as much of our lives on this earth right now, that that's all it is. No, ma'am, no, sir. It's more than that. Don't you understand that after the grave, there is another step that you're going to have to go through. It's pitiful to, to, to be deceived by the, the things of this world. Well, the Bible in Luke tells us that what shall a man profit to gain all the things, all the stuff, all the pleasures of this world, then die and lose his soul. I lose his soul. Don't think they just they just put you in a coffin and throw some dirt on top of you and put you in the ground and that it's done. That it's over with no ma'am, no sir. It's not done yet. Because the Bible tells us in Revelation that every man is going to have to pay according to the deeds that were done into this body. Now this body has gone back to the dust of the ground, but this spirit, but that man that 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 in that house, that 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 body is going to have to pay the penalty for if you don't repent and ask for forgiveness of sin, that he might wash you and thoroughly cleanse you, that you're going to pay the penalty for all the deeds that were done in that body. I mean every little single one, even all the way down to your thought process, if you haven't been forgiven. Don't you understand? The consequences of living in sin, practicing sinning, 
Being arrogant, being lustful, being craved for the pleasures of this world is not just a part-time thing. You're going to pay for eternity. Don't you understand? Eternity has no limits to it. This life has limits to it, but eternity has no limits. And to be destroyed and to live in a lake of fire, to be destroyed with the weeping and the gnashing of your teeth, with hurt and pain of moaning and groaning forever and ever and ever, over and over and over again, you will feel that pain as if you were alive walking this earth, but it's going to be so great and so, so, so big and so damaging to you that you won't be able to burn up, but you will be just constantly burning in pain that will never stop over and over again. You think the pain today, you think you're going through some pain now. This little pain here, this little pain here is nothing compared to eternal pain. Eternal damnation. Don't you get it? Young people, don't you get it? You think because you retaliate or get mad or taking someone's life and you think that makes you to be able to stand and stick your chest out, that it's going to make you somebody to be remembered by? No, it will not. You think just because a few more after you take someone's life that you're going to feel better behind it? No, you will not. You're not going to feel good behind it. You may pretend that you do, but you will not. There is a consequence to taking a person's life. There's a consequence to it. And there is a consequence to not obeying and hearing God's word. There's a consequence. And so when it comes to our faith, we're talking about faith here. In order for this faith, this measure of faith to be activated, to be alive, hallelujah, to be worthy to give God the glory, you have going to have to hear God's word. You've got to hear what God's word says. You've got to know that God's word is real. It's alive and it's active. Yes, it is. I'm going to go back to the book of Romans again. I'm going to show you something here. Hallelujah. 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 Here. That the word of God lets us know. That we have to understand that God's word has to be spoken. His word has to be heard. It has to be taught. I'm going to start at verse 5. I'm going to read down for you here. In verse, in, cha in chapter Roman, Romans, the book of Romans, I'm sorry, the book of Romans chapter 10 here. I'm going to start at verse 5 here. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. This is what we're talking about, righteousness and faith. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss. But what does it say? Huh? Let me back up. Who, who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Here's what it says. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith which we preach, which I preach right now. 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And there's other steps to that as well. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believe, believes on him will not put, be put to shame, for there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord can and shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, we have to understand that before this happened, there was a rejection here of God's word. There was a rejection of God's word and didn't want to accept God's word. But the word of God has to be preached. And here's what it says from 14 on down. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can you call on somebody you don't even believe in? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? There is the key where I want to bring you to. How can they believe in someone they haven't heard about? How can your faith be strengthened if you don't hear God's word? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How can they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? How can they preach unless they sit? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. This is what we're talking about today. This is what we're talking about today. But we understand in the next verse, in verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Well, Isaiah says this, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is what has to happen. If you're going to get better in your spiritual life, you're going to have to hear the true, the true powerful, active, living word of God. And the reason we're seeing things happening People are not hearing the convinced, the convicting, the true, the true power of the word of God. I'm talking to you like to allow this word to manifest itself in your spirit today. I want you to think about what I'm saying here. Not worried about what church you attend, but we're just talking about God's word and strengthening your faith in his word today. Are you a believer? Are you a true believer? You see, true believers act on God's word. True believers abide in God's word. True believers are hungry for God's word. Inter interested in obeying God's word. No matter what. You see, we have to come to the conclusion that what do we want the most? Do we want the world and its pleasure the most? Or do we want eternal life with Jesus the most? 
which one do we want the most? And what I'm what I'm witnessing today looks as if they want pleasures of the world more so than God's word. You see, people nowadays look as though they rather have to enjoy life now, you know, so they can say, oh, well, I'm going to do what I, what I can while I can because I ain't when I'm gone, I can't do nothing. Exactly. You won't be able to do anything. And when you do all of these things, after you go to all the nice resorts and do all the things, have all the cars, all the money and all that, when it's all said and done and you're gone, all of those things is not going to matter except for when it comes to judgment. It's not going to matter except when it comes to judgment. And if you're putting everything else before the Lord and not putting him first, you've already put yourself in a category where it's in a hurting state. But that can change. It can change if you change the way you think so you can change the way you live. It's all about being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that perfect will of God. It's up to you. It's up to you. I know, I know you've been you've been taught, you've been trained, you've been you've been brought up uh, with mom and them taking you to church and you've been going to church all your life and you've seen how things are done, the functionality of the church and the programming and all that. We're not talking about functionality and programming. We're talking about a relationship. We're talking about ha- establishing something real with Jesus. We're talking about believing in God's word that is alive and active and allowing God's word to be alive and active in you and allowing God's word to show up in you and to present itself that you will obey God's command and that you would do the thing that he has asked of you to do, to be a servant, not to be served, to be a servant, to love, to change, to move, to direct in the manner in which he desires of us to do so. Aren't you tired? You ought to ask yourself, wherever you attend church, am I growing? I'm not against the pastors of these churches, and I'm not against the church, but I'm just talking about God's word and the true faith and the word of God when it's alive and active in your life. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that you need to evaluate your life, and if it's not coming up to the part to where you're growing spiritually, then there is a problem. And if your actions and the activity of your life are showing something the opposite of what the Bible is teaching and has told and speaking to us, then you have a problem. I said before last week, the thing that we see that's going on in the world, people are murdering and killing and destroying each other. We have a problem. We got a problem. A serious problem. As if people think that just because it's not happening to them, that it's everything is all right. But it's right on your front doorstep. It's right in your neighborhood. It's right in your schools. It's right in your towns. It's right in your cities. It's right in your communities. It's right there. And yet, we want to act as if there's nothing happening. Nothing happening. I'm not talking about forming groups to make a beautiful name to to say that we set this up for that so you can get the glory. We're talking about true change by faith. We're talking about true, true change by spirituality. That a person's life needs to be changed. You see, it's not enough to quit drinking. It's got it's got to be where that you are not interested in drinking. That you that you delivered from drinking, and I'm just using drinking and any other addiction that's in your life. 
that you are now in control and not your fleshly desires that are in control. Your lust of your eyes is a powerful thing because everything that it sees, it causes the flesh to be a magnet to be drawn to. And we're so drawn to beautiful and lustful and nice and enjoyable things. You see, the problem with that is that we haven't adopted them, the attitude to not allow those things to have us. And so we live in a world where most of those things does have us or most people that are, that are addicted to the things in this life. But the word of the Lord and God's command said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your mind, with all of your strength, with everything. See, God got to be at the epitome of the top of your agenda, no matter what. No matter what. People spend more time on social media trying to get attention what about if you spend that same amount of, amount of time that you're exerting on social media in a personal relationship with Jesus? Lord have mercy. What about everything that you're exposing on social media about everything you do, everywhere you go and everything that's happening in your life? How about exposing it to Jesus? Man, you will see something miraculous happen, but all because you want attention from the physical being of others to be recognized and to be noticed. That lets me know that you want to be noticeable or you want to be known or you want somebody to care about you. Well, guess what? You don't have to look a long ways off. You don't have to go on this social media. You don't have to look to other people. You don't have to look to other things to know that somebody cares. Jesus cares about you. Even in your sinful practices and lustful ways, he still cares. Now, how can you beat that? You can't beat that. But yet, the one that cares the most is the one that you turn your back on. That's crazy, but it's true. Even in family, the one that cares the most, that's the one you turn your back on. Jesus cares more than anybody, and he gave more than any man that will ever live. And you turn your back on him. The only time you turn to him is when you get into such a predicament or situation where you can't figure out how to get out. And then you need it. Well, how about figuring out that you can't get out in this life that you live now without him and you need him now? Because when you die and leave this earth, you and I, all of us going to leave this earth one day. He is the one that you're going to need over there. And if you don't if you don't establish it now, you won't get him over there. Don't you know it's a sad thing that the Bible records that Jesus said that when it comes time in the day of judgment, if you don't prepare and if you don't establish that relationship with him and live for him, that when it comes time for him to recognize you, when in another word, let me say it this way, if you disown him, in this life, he's going to disown you 
when it comes to that life. You know, it would be, it's really sad. You have to really capture the complex of what I'm about to say here. It's really sad that Jesus, the Lord, the one who made us, will come to a point to say that I made you, but I don't know you. That is a heavy and powerful statement, statement, brothers and sisters. When it comes to the day of judgment, as Jesus would say, I made you, but I know you're not. And he knows everything about you, but yet he's going to disown. Why? Because you disown him in this life. How do you mean? I'm not just talking about just saying his name to recognize who he is. I'm talking about the sacrifice of your life have to be given for him. Why? Because he gave his life that you would have life. So in order for you to have life with him, you got to give your life back to him for him, for what he's done, for what he's doing for you. So aren't you ready today? Aren't you ready? Aren't you ready? Aren't you ready today? Aren't you ready now to give your life to Jesus? I'm not just talking about, talking about shaking somebody's hand. and no, I'm talking about a serious step to give Jesus the fullness of your life. That if you're willing to commit, you're willing and you're ready to commit your life to him. Let me finish this in James. So he said, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness this implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He's ignoring the truth. He's ignoring what's really happening to him. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, I told you, Religious. See, we're not, we're, this is not about religious. <laughs> and does not bridle his tongue, deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. It's useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted. Listen to it closely. Unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. Aren't you ready to give yourself to him right now? I'm talking about seriously commit to him right now. It's time for you to do so. It's urgent that you do it now. It's urgent that you accept Jesus as your personal Savior now. Accept him, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. That means to repent, to bring forth admittance to your sinfulness activities in your life. 
and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and convert you. And then to be washed in Jesus' name, to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, that you might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that will keep you, that will guide you, that will remind you of what you should and shouldn't do, that will lead you in the right directions and the path of righteousness for his name's sake. That's the plan of salvation. That's the plan of having a relationship with Jesus. But you got to admit, you're the one that done things wrong. Jesus didn't. You're the one that have lied and cheated and deceived and been prideful and arrogant. You're the one that, that wouldn't listen, couldn't hear nobody. You were talking more than everybody else. You knew it all. Couldn't nobody tell you nothing. You couldn't figure it out. You, But you ain't going to never figure out when you're talking and somebody else trying to tell you what's right. No one listened these days. Everybody got their answer because of their education and all of their knowledge. It's not enough because it doesn't overwhelm or overcome what God's word is. Okay, how old God's word gets, it's still going to surpass all the knowledge that you may obtain. I don't care if you are a psychiatrist. I don't care if you're a philosopher. I don't care if you or whoever that's a teacher of knowledge and understanding. It will not surpass God's word. It will not. I don't care how many schools you go to. I don't care how much theological schools you go to. It will not surpass God's word. I don't care how you try to figure and analyze God's word. It will not change God's word. God's word doesn't have to be changed. It doesn't have to be figured out. All God's word it need to be preached out. That's it. it. Don't need no figuring out. It don't need no dissecting. It don't need no tearing down. It don't need no building up. It don't need no mixing up. All it needs is you to speak God's word like I've done today, according to scripture, by the scripture, by the word of God, and leave it at that. That's what God's word needs. And God's word doesn't need any help. Because I just read to you in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. God's word don't need no help from you or I. The only help he need from you or I is to obey his word and to follow after him in his word and to say what he said in his word. That's all God's word needs. That's all it needs. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, take over right now. Take over right now in our lives. We give ourselves to you right now. There's a chance and opportunity that you've given us. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We honor you right now. We magnify your name. We lift you up. We glorify you. That you would be a blessing in our lives and to the hearers right now. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. And peace of God be with you. Selah. as we begin to go into prayer. Amen. We want to pray for those that are sick and shut in and we want to send a special prayer out to Miss Diane Palmetry for her brother. Amen. On this morning, we thank God that he is a healing and delivering God in his own time, at his own time, when he's ready, whether he see fits or not. And sometimes the thing that happens in our lives, even, even to us or our <laughs> loved ones and whatever that that goes that we dislike may not be our doing. And it's not that God don't have grace and mercy upon us, but he knows the beginnings and the end. 
So we want to pray that anyone that's, that's hurt, that's wounded, that's lost a loved one, that is sick, that is going through some uh, a disease or any illness, or anything that's affecting their bodies, anything that's affecting their minds, we want to pray for you. We, we're not just talking about praying. We're talking about sincere prayer that we're praying for you because the Bible lets us know that if you have someone sick that you would call upon the elder and let them pray. Let them pray for them and they were sick for them that they shall recover. And we believe by faith that every measure of faith and that um, every righteous individual that prayers availeth much. And righteous only means of being in right standing and obedient to God's word. So let us go to the throne of grace right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning, first of all. You touched us again with your finger of love. You allowed us to be here. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Father, those of us that are listening right now, that's a blessing. Whether they realize it or not, it's a blessing to be able to arise out of our beds, to have the breath that's breathing in these bodies, that's causing the heart to pump the blood through our veins, that allows us to have the activity of our limbs. We thank you right now. And Father, I want to say we thank you even on the behalf of those that, that don't acknowledge you, that don't recognize you for who you are, for who you have been and who you are going to be. Even those that are in disbelief, even those that don't trust you, even though that may be angry with you, may be disappointed because they think that everything that you do is supposed to be the way they see fit. But it's not always that way. Everything is not where we always want it to be. So, Lord, we just thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for your long suffering. We thank you how you put up with us. And we thank you right now. Father, touch the one that are sick. Touch the one that may be in the doctor's in the emergency room right now. Touch the one that may be stricken with major disease, cancer, and all the other ailments and illnesses. They may have a dysfunction of their kidneys, Father. They may have a mental illness, Father. They may have sugar diabetes. They may have high blood pressure, Father. They may be dealing with anxiety, Father. Maybe dealing with a lot of things, Father, but you still have the power right now. Father, we thank you right now. Help those that are listening right now that they must acknowledge that they must repent, Father, when they call upon your name to ask for forgiveness of sin and then ask for the healing and deliverance that you would grant in their lives. We're asking on their behalf if they can't ask for themselves. And we know that at some point they are going to have to do that themselves, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this day, another beautiful day that you have made. Father, touch all over the world, wherever my voice that you speak through me, that they hear your voice right now that are hearing these messages. Father, that they would hear the word and hear your voice crying out to them, calling to them to repent, to submit themselves, to come to you as little children, Father. Humble themselves that you might be able to bless their hearts and bless their minds. Father, thank you right now. Thank you for everything, everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you're going to do. Touch in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that all power is given unto you in heaven and in earth. Healing and deliverance come in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. We give you glory. Father, touch our young people, our young men, our young women. 
Father, that don't have a foundation of trusting and believing in you and adhering to you and adhering to your word, Father, that are gone astray and maybe have lost their way, Father. And maybe are wrapped up in themselves, Father, with lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Father, touch right now. The adversary is having his way with the illusions, Father. Father, and, and all the things that he do, and all the deception, Father, and the influence that he have over them with the utilization, Father, of the pleasures of this world. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this opportunity. We glory we glory in your name, Father. In your name, Jesus. All power is given unto you in heaven and in earth, Father. We thank you that no one can come unto the Father except they come through by you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for another opportunity. Search our hearts, Father. Search our, our ways that we may know that we humble ourselves before you, that you would touch, that you would send healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Amen and amen. We praise you. We thank you. We glorify you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for this day. A wonderful day, Lord. We love you. We love you for the things that you've done. We love you for the things that you're doing. We love you for what you're going to do, Father. Father, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of disruption, even in the midst of deception, Father, help us, Father, to understand we got to give ourselves to you, Father. We have to humble ourselves unto you, Jesus giving you the opportunity to work a miracle in our lives. We know that you have all the time in the world to do what you desire, but you've given us the free will choice to choose ye this day, this day, who we shall serve, who we shall believe, who we shall depend on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody longing to be, Father. Longing to be, to, to develop a relationship with you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we will bring ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, God. Father, that we may not be conformed to this world, that we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your word go forth today, Father. Touched by the power of your Holy Spirit, let your Holy Ghost have his way right now. Over these airways, Father, let your spirit go into every place, every home, every car, wherever they may be listening every town, every city, every country. Father, in the name of Jesus, let it be filled with your spirit. Let the convincing and the convicting of your word have its way right now. Touch the lives of people in a way like never before. Let them know that it's your power. That it's your power. 
that's working on them right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Father, thank you. Thank you right now, Jesus. Well, Lord, we need to give ourselves to you right now. Yes, yes. We need to give ourselves to you right now, Jesus. So you can have have your way in our lives. Come on, Jesus. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now. Oh, yes. Lord, we love you. We love you. We thank you. We thank you right now for this opportunity, this chance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We give ourselves. I give myself to you right now to be used by you, by your Holy Spirit, that it will speak through me, that they hear your voice through my voice in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now. Somebody realize they need you. Somebody realize they can't do without you. Somebody realize there's nothing happening without you, Jesus. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. My life doesn't belong to me. I belong to you anyhow. Everything I have, you've given to me. Father, we thank you right now. So it's time that we give ourselves back to him. Give ourselves back to him. Realize that we're not ownership of ourselves. We're not ownership of ourselves. We don't even have the power to be able to wake ourselves, to put ourselves to sleep. We don't have the power to heal ourselves. It comes from you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. Thank you right now. Touch Jesus. Touch all the listeners that have tuned in right now, Father, right now. They tune in to hear a word from you, to hear a message from you, your directions from you, instructions from you in the name of Jesus. Help them to know, to acknowledge with their mouth, speak it out that their lives are not their own. But they have to give themselves to you, Jesus. We thank you right now, Jesus. We thank you right now, Jesus. Thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see, we have to come to the throne of grace to give ourselves to him in order to receive from him. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you right now forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We thank God for you this morning. Amen. Good morning again to you all. Praise the Lord to everyone. We thank God for another chance and opportunity. This is your Elder David G. Guerin. We're here to speak a word with you, for you, and into your life today in your hearing. Amen. In your Bibles today, I want to bring your attention to Romans chapter 10. Amen. Chapter 10. Amen. Chapter 10. Hallelujah. God is so good. He's worthy to be praised. Chapter 10, verse 17. It is amazing how God can confirm his word through things and everything. Amen. That he's looking for 
I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about before I even read the verse of Scripture. He's looking for hearers and doers. That is what he's looking for, hearers and doers. Today in Romans 10, verse 17. Amen. Verse 17, and it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. That's the message today. Faith, the things I want you to focus on. Faith, that very measure of faith that he has given you. And I share that verse of scripture in, in Romans 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Romans 12, beginning at verse 3, he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. We have already quoted and read verse Romans 10 and 17, and I'll read it again. I'm reading again because I want it to lock into your mind. It's been quoted many, many times before, spoken on, preached on, all of that. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Today, we want you to know there's no other way that your faith can be increased. There's no other way that you can gain confidence. There's no other way that you can strengthen your encouragement. There's no other way that you can be courageous throughout anything that you face. Whatever you're dealing with right now, whether it be hurt, pain, sickness, illness, whether it may be the loss of a loved one, you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to have faith. It's the substance of things full, hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. Substance of the things that is hoped for and the evidence of things that is not seen. Faith is invisible. It's not a visible thing. It's an invisible thing. And if you don't understand that because it's the hope. Notice it's the hope of believing and trusting in God's word and what he says. You're going to have to just trust him for what he said. I'll even share it again with you. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. See that confidence? For and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients, the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was, was 
formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What we see, what we visualize right now that is in our very presence of existence wasn't formed by the very visible thing itself, but it was formed by God's word. To recap again in St. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I always like to give people the pure scripture of the word of God for the very reason of verse 1 here in St. John. And St. John lets us know, you may know it by heart, you may can quote it, but there's something magnificent about seeing and hearing God's word. You look at it and you hear it and it locks into your mind. And John said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You see, everything started with the word. Everything ends with the word. Everything is rebuilt by the word. Everything is encouraged by the word. Everything is strengthened by the word. Everything is structured by the word. We're not talking about just any old word. We're talking about God's word. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Notice what it said. Not only it was with God, but the word was God. Or the word is God. Hallelujah. He was in the beginning with God. I mean, the word was with him from the beginning and always to the end. This is why God said to all of those prophets that he's spoken to, those special ones like Moses, that he is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the Alpha and Omega. There is no other. He is the only one who can create. He is the only one who can change. He is the only one who can heal. He is the only one who can deliver. He is the only one by the measure of your creation and the faith that he has put inside of you that would allow you to become a believer and trusting in him if you just take some action in doing so. Just taking action in doing so. Our message to you is being hearers and doers. Hearers and doers. Hear us. So he says again in, in 10, but I say in 18, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. He said, their sound has gone out uh, to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, he said, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and he says this, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. They are speaking on God and about God and on God's behalf. 
For the Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. This is where we are again today. The Lord has his hand stretched out to a what? Disobedient and contrary people right now. There are so many people that shows up at church. And I know you say, oh, Pastor, oh, we're hitting that right there because this is, this is the place where we're supposed to go and get our direction and, and instruction and continue to strengthen our faith and hearing God's word. My message is simple and plain that it's not enough for you to walk and live this life. If you never pick up the Bible, if you never hear it preached or taught, you will not Strengthen your faith. You will not strengthen your confidence in believing or trusting God. This is why today we have so many people now that say that they are what they call unbelievers or disbelievers. Or don't trust the Lord or angry at God or confused about what the Bible is saying. The Bible isn't confusing. His word is plain if the man that is utilizing that handling God's word skillfully, which means directly the way he put it and said what God means for it to be said and teach it for what it meant to be taught, we will understand we will have a changed people. Hallelujah. But again, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing, hearing. You will never strengthen or build your faith if you never hear God's word. And through all of the deception and all of the blindness and the influences of the adversary, if you fill your mind with all the negative things, then the thing that you need to be, your mind need to be filled with, will not gather up to strengthen your confidence in God and to believe him in all the things that you face in your life. It's just not enough. I just want to iterate, it's not enough just to attend church. But it's the perfect thing to do is to attend church. But we have to have ears to hear. We have to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We have to be listeners. We have to be listeners, and when we become listeners, then we have to be doers of the word. We have to be participants in acting on God's word. The way he wants us to hear it, the way he wants us to acknowledge it, and the way he wants us to abide by it. The problem today is people want to do their own thing. And the government and everything else that is mentioning and setting up rules and regulations and laws are going against Bible directions nowadays. Bible instructions nowadays. Bible discipline nowadays. Bible understanding nowadays. No one, no one, everybody has an opinion nowadays. I'm not operating on the opinion. I'm talking about strictly the word of God and scripture here. Not an opinion. Not my thought. Not the way I see it. But according to what God's word is saying. Well, as we step over into the book of James, chapter 1. Chapter 1, and beginning at verse 
19. And here in verse 19 of James. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow in wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Wrath, violence, vengeance, hatred, bitterness, retaliation does not produce, huh? Does not produce the righteousness of God. Just because you can smart off or get mad at or retaliate to someone that may treat you wrong or go off and take their life doesn't put you in a better place, doesn't put you in a better position. It puts you in a worse predicament or position. Yes, it does. And this is where we have a problem at. No one's nowadays is looking to listen to hear God's voice. All we want to do is just go to the house of worship and praise and just say we went there. But how many people, I asked this many, many times, going to continue asking, how many people are sincere in entering into the house of God with thanksgiving and praise and looking for some change through by God's word? How many? Are we attending the house of God just to say it's just a number, 500, 300, 1,000, 10,000? What is it to speak to 10,000 of people in their lives not change? What is it to speak to 5,000 people on a regular basis and they still perform in a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? What is it that it's not having an effect of where you start to see some change in the community, some change in the home, some change on the job, some change in every area of the work? place by godly principles. We don't see that because people say they believe, but their mouths are filled with swelling words, but their hearts are far from what God is asking and desiring of them. Yes, this is not judgment. This is fact. This is Bible. Amen. Jesus spoke of it himself. So here James addresses, so then my beloved brethren, he lets them know, let every man be swift to hear, ready to hear, interested in listening to the word of God, the voice of God, and slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Taking someone's life, being hateful, being mean, being unforgiving, being distrustful, being deceived, being lost, being confused, being an abuser, being all of those negative things that not allow you to think you that you are somebody. The key to this life is that we need Jesus and we need him right now. And the only way that we're going to be able to receive him, we're going to have to give up these old ways of this old natural flesh. You see, the natural flesh is consumed by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. There are its desires huh? and the pride of life. 
The pride of life where people are so arrogant and cocky where you can't speak truth to them because they feel like they already have the answer. How can you have the answer when you're walking backwards, when you're going blind, you're falling in ditches and you can't get up and you can't move forward in the right direction and there's so much hate and bitter and killing going on and that we believe in and having faith in God but yet the evidence that we're looking at is not so. It's not so. Not so. Watch what he says in verse 21. He said, therefore, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Don't you understand? God created us and he built us and he made us for his glory. For he to get the praise, for him to get the praise and the glory. But yet man, because of its arrogance and because of the sinful nature that he has, he follows after the nature instead of following after the spirit. And we're talking about the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus. Can't you understand the Bible story of Jesus dying and rising again is a story of allowing humanity a chance to live eternal. And for some reason and some way, somehow, we just don't get it. We think as long as we enjoy as much of our lives on this earth right now, that that's all it is. No, ma'am, no, sir. It's more than that. Don't you understand that after the grave, there is another step that you're going to have to go through. It's pitiful to, to, to be deceived by the, the things of this world. Well, the Bible in Luke tells us that what shall a man profit to gain all the things, all the stuff, all the pleasures of this world, then die and lose his soul. I lose his soul. Don't think they just they just put you in a coffin and throw some dirt on top of you and put you in the ground and that it's done. That it's over. No ma'am, no sir. It's not done yet. Because the Bible tells us in Revelation that every man is going to have to pay according to the deeds that were done into this body. Now this body has gone back to the dust of the ground, but this spirit, but that man that 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 in that house, that 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 body is going to have to pay the penalty for if you don't repent and ask for forgiveness of sin, that he might wash you and thoroughly cleanse you, that you're going to pay the penalty for all the deeds that were done in that body. I mean every little single one, even all the way down to your thought process, if you haven't been forgiving. Don't you understand? The consequences of living in sin, practicing sinning, being arrogant, being lustful, being craved for the pleasures of this world is not just a part-time thing. You're going to pay for eternity. Don't you understand? Eternity has no limits to it. This life has limits to it, but eternity has no limits. And to be destroyed and to live in a lake of fire, to be destroyed with the weeping and the gnashing of your teeth, with hurt and pain of moaning and groaning forever and ever and ever, over and over and over again, you will feel that pain as if you were alive walking this earth, but it's going to be so great and so, so, so big and so damaging to you that you won't be able to burn up, but you will be just constantly burning in pain that will never stop over and over again. 
You think the pain today, you think you're going through some pain now. This little pain here, this little pain here is nothing compared to eternal pain. Eternal damnation. Don't you get it? Young people, don't you get it? You think because you retaliate or get mad or taking someone's life and you think that makes you to be able to stand and stick your chest out, that it's going to make you somebody to be remembered by? No, it will not. You think just because a few more after you take someone's life that you're going to feel better behind it? No, you will not. You're not going to feel good behind it. You may pretend that you do, but you will not. There is a consequence to taking a person's life. There's a consequence to it. And there is a consequence to not obeying and hearing God's word. There's a consequence. And so when it comes to our faith, we're talking about faith here. In order for this faith, this measure of faith to be activated, to be alive. Hallelujah. To be worthy to give God the glory, you have going to have to hear God's word. You've got to hear what God's word says. you got to know that God's word is real. It's alive and it's active. Yes, it is. I'm going to go back to the book of Romans again. I'm going to show you something here. Hallelujah. 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 Hear that the word of God lets us know that we have to understand that God's word has to be spoken. His word has to be heard. It has to be taught. I'm going to start at verse 5. I'm going to read down for you here. In verse, in, cha in chapter Roman, Roman, the book of Romans, I'm sorry, the book of Romans chapter 10 here. We're going to start in verse 5 here. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. This is what we're talking about, righteousness in faith. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss. But what does it say? Huh? Let me back up. Who, who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Here's what it said. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith which we preach, which I preach right now. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And there's other steps to that as well. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believe, believes on him will not put, be put to shame for there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord can and shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, we have to understand that before this happened, there was a rejection here of God's word. There was a rejection of God's word. 
and didn't want to accept God's word. But the word of God has to be preached. And here's what it says from 14 on down. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can you call on somebody you don't even believe in? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? There is the key where I want to bring you to. How can they believe in someone they haven't heard about? How can your faith be strengthened if you don't hear God's word? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How can they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? How can they preach unless they sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. This is what we're talking about today. This is what we're talking about today. But we understand in the next verse, in verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Well, Isaiah says this, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is what has to happen. If you're going to get better in your spiritual life, you're going to have to hear the true, the true powerful, active, living word of God. And the reason we're seeing things happening, people are not hearing the convinced, the convicting, the true, the true power of the word of God. I'm talking to you like to allow this word to manifest itself in your spirit today. I want you to think about what I'm saying here. Not worried about what church you attend, but we're just talking about God's word and strengthening your faith in his word today. Are you a believer? Are you a true believer? You see, true believers act on God's word. True believers abide in God's word. True believers are hungry for God's word. Inter interested in obeying God's word no matter what. You see, we have to come to the conclusion that what do we want the most? Do we want the world and its pleasure the most? Or do we want eternal life with Jesus the most? Which one do we want the most? And what I'm, what I'm witnessing today looks as if they want pleasures of the world more so than God's word. You see, people nowadays look as though they rather have to enjoy life now, you know, so they can say, oh, well, I'm going to do what I, what I can while I can because I ain't when I'm gone. I can't do nothing. Exactly. You won't be able to do anything. And when you do all of these things, after you go to all the nice resorts and do all the things, have all the cars, all the money and all that, when it's all said and done and you're gone, all of those things is not going to matter except for when it comes to judgment. It's not going to matter except when it comes to judgment. And if you're putting everything else before the Lord and not putting him first, you've already put yourself in a category where it's in a hurting state. But that can change. He can change if you change the way you think so you can change the way you live.
It's all about being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that perfect will of God. It's up to you. It's up to you. I know, I know you've been, you've been taught, you've been trained, you've been, you've been brought up uh, with mom and them taking you to church and you've been going to church all your life and you've seen how things are done, the functionality of the church and the programming and all that. We're not talking about functionality and programming. We're talking about a relationship. We're talking about establishing something real with Jesus. We're talking about believing in God's word that is alive and active and allowing God's word to be alive and active in you and allowing God's word to show up in you and to present itself that you will obey God's command and that you would do the thing that he have asked of you to do, to be a servant, not to be served, to be a servant, to love, to change, to move, to direct in the manner in which he desires of us to do so. But you're tired. You ought to ask yourself, wherever you attend churches, am I growing? I'm not against the pastors of these churches, and I'm not against these churches, but I'm just talking about God's word and the true faith and the word of God when it's alive and active in your life. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that you need to evaluate your life, and if it's not coming up to the part to where you're growing spiritually, then there is a problem. And if your actions and the activity of your life are showing something the opposite of what the Bible is teaching and has told and speaking to us, then you have a problem. I said before last week, the thing that we see that's going on in the world, people are murdering and killing and destroying each other. We have a problem. We got a problem. A serious problem. As if people think that just because it's not happening to them, that it's everything is all right but it's right on your front doorstep. It's right in your neighborhood. It's right in your schools. It's right in your towns. It's right in your cities. It's right in your communities. It's right there. And yet, we want to act as if there's nothing happening. Nothing happening. I'm not talking about forming groups to make a beautiful name to, to say that we set this up for that so you can get the glory. We're talking about true change by faith. We're talking about true, true change by spirituality. That a person's life needs to be changed. You see, it's not enough to quit drinking. It, it's got it's to be where that you are not interested in drinking. That you, that you delivered from drinking, and I'm just using drinking, and any other addiction that's in your life. That you're now in control and not your fleshly desires that are in control. Your lust of your eyes is a powerful thing. Because everything that it sees, it causes the flesh to be a magnet to be drawn to. And we're so drawn to beautiful and lustful and nice and enjoyable things. You see, the problem with that is that we haven't adopted them, the attitude to not allow those things to have us. And so we live in a world where most of those things does have us or most people that are, that are addicted to the things in this life. But the word of the Lord and God's command said to love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your might, with all your mind, with all of your strength, with everything. See, God got to be at the epitome of the top of your agenda, no matter what. No matter what. People spend more time on social media trying to get attention. What about if you spend that same amount of, amount of time that you're exerting on social media in a personal relationship with Jesus. Lord have mercy. What about everything that you're exposing on social media about everything you do, everywhere you go and everything that's happening in your life? How about exposing it to Jesus? Man, you will see something miraculous happen, but all because you want attention from the physical being of others to be recognized and to be noticed. That lets me know that you want to be noticeable or you want to be known or you want somebody to care about you. Well, guess what? You don't have to look a long ways off. You don't have to go on to social media. You don't have to look to other people. You don't have to look to other things to know that somebody cares. Jesus cares about you. Even in your sinful practices and lustful ways, he still cares. Now, how can you beat that? You can't beat that. But yet, the one that cares the most is the one that you turn your back on. That's crazy, but it's true. Even in family, the one that cares the most, that's the one you turn your back on. Jesus cares more than anybody, and he gave more than any man that will ever live. And you turn your back on him. The only time you turn to him is when you get into such a predicament or situation where you can't figure out how to get out. And then you need it. Well, how about figuring out that you can't get out in this life that you live now without him and you need him now? Because when you die and leave this earth, you and I, all of us going to leave this earth one day. He is the one that you're going to need over there. And if you don't if you don't establish it now, you won't get him over there. Don't you know it's a sad thing that the Bible records that Jesus said that when it comes time in the day of judgment, if you don't prepare and if you don't establish that relationship with him and live for him, that when it comes time for him to recognize you, when in another word, let me say it this way, if you disown him, in this life, he's going to disown you when it comes to that life. You know, it would be, it's really sad. You have to really capture the complex of what I'm about to say here. It's really sad that Jesus, the Lord, the one who made us, will come to a point to say that I made you, but I don't know you. That is a heavy and powerful statement, statement brothers and sisters. When it comes to the day of judgment, and Jesus will say, I made you, but I know you're not. And he knows everything about you, but yet he's going to disown. Why? Because you disown him in this life. How do you mean? I'm not just talking about just saying his name to recognize who he is. I'm talking about the sacrifice of your life have to be given for him. Why? Because he gave his life 
that you would have life. So in order for you to have life with him, you got to give your life back to him for him, for what he's done, for what he's doing for you. So aren't you ready today? Aren't you ready? Aren't you ready? Aren't you ready today? Aren't you ready now to give your life to Jesus? I'm not just talking about talking about shaking somebody's hand and all. I'm talking about a serious step to give Jesus the fullness of your life. That if you're willing to commit, you're willing and you're ready to commit your life to him. Let me finish this in James. So he said, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness this implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He's ignoring the truth. He's ignoring what's really happening to him. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, I told you, Religious. See, we're not, we're, this is not about religious. <laughs> and does not bridle his tongue, deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. It's useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted. Listen to it closely unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. Aren't you ready to give yourself to him right now? I'm talking about seriously commit to him right now. It's time for you to do so. It's urgent that you do it now. It's urgent that you accept Jesus as your personal Savior now. Accept him, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. That means to repent, to bring forth admittance to your sinfulness activities in your life. And allow the Holy Spirit to come in and convert you. And then to be washed in Jesus' name. To be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin that you might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that will keep you, that will guide you, that will remind you of what you should and shouldn't do, that will lead you in the right directions and the path of righteousness for his name's sake. That's the plan of salvation. That's the plan of having a relationship with Jesus. But you got to admit, you're the one that done things wrong. Jesus didn't. You're the one that have lied and cheated and deceived and been prideful and arrogant 
You're the one that, that wouldn't listen, couldn't hear nobody. You were talking more than everybody else. You knew it all. Couldn't nobody tell you nothing. You couldn't figure it out. You, But you ain't going to never figure out when you're talking and somebody else trying to tell you what's right. No one listened these days. Everybody got their answer because of their education and all of their knowledge. It's not enough because it doesn't overwhelm or overcome what God's word is. Okay, how old God word get? It's still going to surpass all the knowledge that you may obtain. I don't care if you are a psychiatrist. I don't care if you're a philosopher. I don't care if you are whoever that's a teacher of knowledge and understanding. It will not surpass God's word. It will not. I don't care how many schools you go to. I don't care how much theological schools you go to. It will not surpass God's word. I don't care how you try to figure and analyze God's word. It will not change God's word. God's word doesn't have to be changed. It doesn't have to be figured out. All God's word need to be preached out. That's it. Don't need no figuring out. It don't need no dissecting. It don't need no tearing down. It don't need no building up. It don't need no mixing up. All it needs is you to speak God's word like I've done today, according to scripture, by the scripture, by the word of God, and leave it at that. That's what God's word needs. And God's word doesn't need any help. Because I just read to you in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. God's word don't need no help from you or I. The only help he need from you or I is to obey his word and to follow after him in his word and to say what he said in his word. That's all God's word needs. That's all it needs. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, take over right now. Take over right now in our lives. We give ourselves to you right now. There's a chance and opportunity that you've given us. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We honor you right now. We magnify your name. We lift you up. We glorify you. That you would be a blessing in our lives and to the hearers right now. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. And peace of God be with you. Selah.